What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in today. Today is Wednesday, December 20th. Let me start by addressing the probably immediate elephant in the room. If you're watching on YouTube especially, you're thinking, Zach, why does it look like you're recording out of your old bedroom? That's because I am recording out of my old bedroom. On Monday, or earlier this week, I packed up everything I had at college. I moved home for about a month for winter break. I, I mean, I had to pack my whole studio into my tiny little red Corolla. It was, I had to use my best friend Nathan's help, actually. He had to use some of his truck space. It was awesome. It was great. I made it home safe. But that is why there was not a podcast on Monday. I felt really bad. I felt horrible, actually. I wrote a podcast. I had prepared and planned to do a podcast on Monday. I had so many technical difficulties. I could not get it all out. I felt bad, but here we are. And today's show is going to be awesome. Today's podcast is chock full of good stories. And a large part of that is because I took the best, most interesting things from Monday's podcast inserted them into Wednesday, today's podcast. So we are just full of really great stories to talk about. Today's stories include, we're going to talk a lot about the crazy Patriots versus Steelers game. I'm going to talk about Herm Edwards. Why Herm Edwards is, in my opinion, the net neutrality of college football. We'll talk about LeBron James, why LeBron James should be the MVP of the National Basketball Association. Is Russell Wilson still the MVP of the NFL? Marvin Lewis Jimmy Garoppolo. It's Wednesday, so we're going to do NFL buy or sell. It's going to be really good. I'm very, very excited to start the show. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find my full episode. This is my full podcast. If you're listening to this or watching this, this is my full episode on YouTube. You can also find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My goodness, I'm so excited. We're growing something. We really are. Our numbers have shot up tremendously in the last week. And continue to share Strong Opinion Sports with your friends. Tell your friends about this show. It's really growing. It's fun. We're building something. That is how, that's my whole plan for Grow the Show. I'm not marketing. I'm not doing ads. Just tell your friends about this show. If you like it as much as I do, tell your friends. We'll continue to grow. I want to start with the word Lucky. I, I've observed. I don't. I try not to. I often make declarations about life. I'm young. I'm 20. I try not to come at you guys with, I know this, therefore you should know this. No, I've observed this. In my life, a lot of people try to devalue or try to invalidate success by calling it lucky. So I listened to Gary Vaynerchuk. I just recently, a friend of mine sent me a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk's videos and teachings. Gary Vaynerchuk often talks about how People wanted to call his success luck. Gary Vaynerchuk is a millionaire. People wanted to tell him, you just got lucky. And Gary Vaynerchuk says, no, I didn't. I worked my butt off. Post Malone, one of my favorite musical artists, uh, people often tell him he got lucky. And no, the dude says he worked his butt off. And I believe him. We love to, as a society, invalidate success by calling it lucky. The Patriots, the New England Patriots are always Always called lucky by everybody I know. Tom Brady, the luckiest quarterback of all time. Let me tell you what. You don't win five Super Bowls if you are lucky. You you don't win. That's not an accident. You don't win five Super Bowls by accident. But what I have learned, what I have observed in my brief uh, time on this earth, from what I've seen, success appears to be often a mix of luck and preparation. You have to... You have to do the work because you might get a huge opportunity, but if you're not ready when that opportunity comes, it's not going to happen. So that mix of you have to be lucky to get the opportunity, 
But when you get the opportunity, you have to have to have done the preparation to make it work. That for me perfectly explains the Patriots versus Steelers game on Sunday night. It, it was a crazy, it was, I mean, God, it was a fantastic, fantastic game. So with three minutes and 42 seconds left, the Patriots kicked a field goal to put them within striking distance, within a score uh, where they could take the lead if they scored another touchdown against the Steelers. Then the Steelers went three and out. The Patriots held the Steelers to a three and out. By the way, that was the first three and out of the entire game. That was the first time a team had three plays and had to punt the entire game. Next, the Patriots had a touchdown, a very quick touchdown. Then we saw the Steelers drive very quickly down the field in two plays and score a touchdown. However, the touchdown was called back for the Steelers. The Steelers were, uh, they, they had, they took the lead. Everyone, I was shocked. I was watching live. I was like, oh my goodness. I couldn't believe what was happening. However, the, the touchdown got called back. And on the next uh, two plays later, the Steelers threw an interception on the goal line and lost the game. I love the Patriots. The Patriots are one of my favorite teams in the NFL. I'm not a Patriots fan per se. I just appreciate the way they run their organization. And I appreciate Tom Brady and his talents. But even me, the guy who everyone on the internet at least says loves the Patriots, I have to admit, the Patriots got lucky. The Patriots would not have won that game without some help outside of their control. There were two calls that I want to talk about. First was on the drive, the Patriots scored the touchdown. There was a pass interference called against Rob Gronkowski that continued their drive. It helped them march farther down the field. And then the obvious call was the touchdown the Steelers uh, scored that got called back. People are so, so angry at the Patriots. The NFL hates the Steelers. How could they? How could the Patriots? The Patriots are the favorite of the NFL. No, the Patriots are not the favorite of the NFL. Remember, the Patriots have been punished multiple times for their actions, for Spygate, Deflategate, yada, yada. And don't forget, the three biggest brands in the NFL are the Steelers, the Cowboys, and the Packers. Go to Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles a lot this year. If you go to Los Angeles, you will see a lot of Patriots. Sorry, you'll see, you won't see a lot of Patriots stuff. You'll see a lot of Steelers, Packers, and Cowboys gear. Because the Steelers, Packers, and Cowboys are the three biggest brands in all of the NFL. So the Patriots needed luck, but they also needed skill. So they needed to, when they had the opportunity to win the game, they still had to make plays, right? They couldn't just win with luck. They had to still execute at the end of the game. My buddy Andrew is a, he was on my podcast uh, recently. He's a huge, huge nerd. He loves, he's passionate and weirdly informed, uh, informed about religion. He loves the topic of religion. He, like he literally, you know, I spend my free time making podcasts and writing stuff. He spends his free time studying religion. He's, he's just a weirdo, but I love him. I love him anyways. All of that preparation he did, he still needed luck to get his internship. He, I got an internship this summer with one of the biggest radio shows uh, within, uh, I think it's a Catholic radio show, which is kind of weird. I don't understand it. I don't try to understand it, but you would think a guy that does all that work would just get an internship. No. He still needed luck to get the internship. In fact, the way he got the internship, he hit the contact us button on their website, sent them a random email, said, my name is Andrew. I want an internship. He got in the building and got himself an internship. So it was that mix of preparation and luck. He had to be lucky to get in the room with them. But when he got in the room, he still had to deliver. Andrew had to be actually informed on religion. And he was. The Patriots, 
you can't just call the Patriots lucky. They also had to be prepared. So when they got their opportunity, they had they were in an opportunity. They were in a position to be successful. However, even I have to admit, the Patriots did need luck to win on Sunday. And to be fair, I, I do like the Patriots. I-, I love to root for the Patriots. But we have to recognize it was that mix between success and preparation. Both had to happen for the Patriots to win on Sunday. Let me tell you, here are the consequences of Sunday night. The Patriots just made it to the Super Bowl. The Patriots now will have home field advantage when they play the Steelers in the AFC Championship. That's a huge, huge thing. The Steelers struggle on the road. The Steelers struggle to win games when they play on the road. And the Patriots rarely struggle at home. So we're going to see... Tom Brady and the Patriots probably go back to the Super Bowl again because of what happened on Sunday. I'll be honest, though. I, I Tom Brady was not as dominant as I wanted. I talked last week about how Tom Brady's getting old. And if Tom Brady goes out and absolutely annihilates the Steelers, look, he's not old. And I said if Tom Brady goes out and has a bad game, maybe he is getting old. Well, he didn't do either one. Tom Brady didn't actually dominate the Steelers, and he didn't absolutely do terrible against the Steelers. He did average, which means Tom Brady probably is, I have to admit, Tom Brady might be uh, showing signs of getting older. He's not falling off a cliff, but he's not dominating like I want him to. So there is, I have to recognize the stats. I'll revisit them on Friday, but it looks like to me, Tom Brady is starting to show signs of being actually 40 years old. And it's hard to play quarterback when you are 40 years old. Let's talk about the catch. Uh, the catch or lack there of a catch. The, that controversial call at the end of the game. The Patriots won on Sunday because the Steelers' touchdown was called back. It's, it's plain and simple. If the Steelers' touchdown hadn't been called back, the Patriots would have lost the game. And, and I'm glad. I'm really glad it worked out for me, but it's a terrible rule. So what happened was they, they, they decided that because the ball... So what happened? Jesse James caught the ball. He turns, put his hands over the goal line, and when he's after he puts his hands over the goal line, his hands hit the ground, the ball moves a little tiny bit in his hands. They call that by rule not a catch. Hey, I you're right. That's not a catch. By the rules of the NFL, that is not a catch, but it's a terrible terrible rule. That rule, whatever rule made that not a catch needs to change. What makes a good movie trailer? There are two things for me. A movie trailer has to pique my interest and it has to tell me what it's about. I need a clear message. What is this movie about? I saw a trailer in theaters. I saw Star Wars this weekend. Oh my goodness, I love Star Wars, by the way. But I saw, well, before Star Wars, I saw a trailer for a movie called Annihilation. It's got Oscar Isaacs, Natalie Portman. But my question watching that trailer was, is this a psychological thriller? Is this an action movie? I have no idea what it's about. There was no clear message. That makes it a bad movie trailer. You shouldn't have to ask after watching a catch in the NFL, is that a catch? It should be clear. It should be, that's a catch. That's not a catch. What I hate about this NFL rule is that according to the rules, it's not a catch. That's fine. We need to change the rules. Because let me tell you, if you if you and I were playing in the backyard, like I played football with my all my best friends on Thanksgiving. We played a competitive game to see who could win on Thanksgiving. If that catch was made on that field in Thanksgiving, it's a catch. No one would debate that that was a catch. He, he caught the ball, then he moved it over the goal line and hit the ground, and the ball shifted after he'd already 
had the ball in his possession. So what I think that was, regardless of the rules, that's a catch and maybe a fumble. But if you can move the ball over the goal line, you clearly have possession. He had the ball in his grasp. I said he caught the ball, moved it over the goal line, then it hit the ground and moved. That's a catch. I don't care who you are. That is a catch. The rule needs to change. It's a catch. I will always, I will die saying that is a catch. Try holding a football. Try holding a football and slamming it on the ground. The ball should probably going to move a little bit. That's what happens when you slam things hard into the ground. Does that mean we didn't have possession before we slammed the ball into the ground? No. We should not have people asking what is a catch. The rules need to be more clear. They need to be something needs to be tweaked and changed this offseason because right now it's far too confusing. We need clarity. What is a catch in the NFL? Because if you ask me, if I catch a football, then I move it somewhere else over a goal line, that is absolutely a catch because I had possession of the football. That's how I feel about this. The the rule, clearly the rule needs to be changed because the rules right now have loopholes where you can catch a football and it be considered not a catch. You know what there's not a lot of clarity about right now in the United States? That is the idea of net neutrality. Herm Edwards is the net neutrality of college football. I, I was so wrong about Herm Edwards, by the way. I have to say, I thought Herm Edwards was going to go to Arizona State and do a fantastic job. I was dead wrong. I'm changing my opinion right now about Herm Edwards. I thought charisma alone would attract people to want to go to Arizona State and play for him. I completely miscalculated. I've, I've been watching recently how we uh, as Americans have been re- reacting to net neutrality. And by watching net neutralities uh, in the media, I've been watching this in the media, I've seen how important it is to have a clear message. Net neutrality is poorly named. So net neutrality, I, I don't know very much about it, but it should have been named something like the Equal Internet Access or you know Internet Rights Act, something like that. Net neutrality is confusing. It's a confusing name and it hurts the message. So when Herm Edwards was hired at Arizona State recently, he came out and said, I want to be the CEO of this football team. I want to be whatever that means, though. Whatever that means, I don't know. Again, I thought his excitement and charisma would bring a lot of recruits. No. He came out and said, I want to be the CEO of a college football team. And everyone else is responding like, what does that even mean? I don't know. You're not going to take a... Well, first of all, before I get into the next part, you know, Phil Bennett, the defensive coordinator for Arizona State, has left for personal reasons. Whatever those reasons are, probably because he got a new boss in front of him and he doesn't like him or understand him. Bill Napier, the offensive coordinator from Arizona State, left to go be the head coach at Louisiana Lafayette, even though he was promoted to associate head coach by Herm Edwards. Again, whatever that means. What's an associate head coach when you have another head coach? No idea. And you have all kinds of people decommitting from Arizona State. There are no new recruits that have joined Arizona State's recruiting class since Herm Edwards was hired as the new head coach. This looks really, really bad. So I'm out. I am out on Herm Edwards. I I don't know, but what may be possible, Herm Edwards may not even be there at the beginning of next season. Like when next August rolls around and we're starting college football, He may not even be there by that time. He might be out far earlier than that. Here's how much of a problem he has recruiting 
students, recruiting athletes to play for his football program. If I may recruit, I am not betting my future on something I don't understand or someone I don't know. So if you come to me saying, here's my confusing plan, trust me, no, I want a plan I can understand. I want to vote for things I actually understand. I want to put my future and investments into things I understand what I'm doing with. That's why I haven't invested in Bitcoin yet because I don't fully understand Bitcoin. Once I understand Bitcoin, I might put my money into it. But until then, why? And if I'm a college, if I'm a high school kid looking to go to college and I've, I have one guy, like Chip Kelly at UCLA, who has a clear plan, it's worked before, I know what he's doing, or you have the guy who was quoted for saying, you play to win the game, and he's giving me this confusing plan I don't understand. I'm going to pick the guy, Chip Kelly, who has a plan I can follow, not Herm Edwards, who's confusing and doesn't seem to be very clear and seems to be losing people Day by day, people are leaving the program, not wanting to be involved with Herm Edwards. I'm out. I'm absolutely out on Herm Edwards. I thought he was going to be fantastic at Arizona State. I can't, I can't buy it anymore. I don't believe it. I don't know it. I don't trust it. I'm done with Herm Edwards. I am all out. I do not believe in Herm Edwards as the head coach of Arizona State. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, I'm going to talk about why LeBron James is the NBA MVP. We'll talk about Marvin Lewis. We'll talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Russell Wilson's coming up. We'll do NFL Buy or Sell later. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. I put my full uh, podcast. I put my full entire podcast on YouTube. You can find everything on YouTube. You can find the best, most interesting clips, about four or five minute clips on YouTube. Share this with your friends. We are growing at a rapid rate. I cannot believe it. Continue to tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'll be right back in one second. All right, I'm back. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. We live in an incredible country. We really have a great life here. We have freedom of the press. We can criticize Donald Trump. It's relatively safe. But we don't appreciate how great America is because we live in it every day single day go to china in china they people disappear in china go to russia you can't criticize vladimir putin in russia you can't be very critical of the president in russia if you go to places like china or russia you realize just how great we have it here we very similarly don't appreciate lebron james because of how consistently great he is if it were up to me every single year LeBron James would be the NBA MVP, but especially this year. So right now, we're struggling to give LeBron James the MVP. At least a lot of people are because they don't like him. It's, it's funny to me. I'm reading articles. Should LeBron James win the MVP? Because then it puts him up against Hakeem Olajuwon and all these other, other people that have won Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and all other people that have won more MVPs. And it's like, we can't think that way. LeBron James is the best basketball player in the NBA right now. He's the most valuable player in the NBA because without him, the Cavaliers would really, really struggle. So why are we punishing him by comparing him to everybody else? It seems very silly. But but you may not believe me. You may not believe me that LeBron James should be the MVP. Let me tell you, I broke down his stats. I compared LeBron James to Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. So let's, let's compare the stats. First of all, let's compare field goal percentage. Between Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James, LeBron James has the best. 
LeBron James is shooting a 57% field goal percentage, higher than all the other three. He's also got more rebounds, more assists, more minutes per game. He averages more rebounds, averages more assists. And among all those four guys, he has the second average, highest average of points per game. The only person who ranks higher than him in points per game is James Harden. James Harden averages 31.3. LeBron James averages 27.8. LeBron James also has the second most points scored among those four. James Harden has 907. LeBron James has 863. And he's also third highest when it comes to uh, three-point percentage, but it's really close. So Kyrie Irving shoots a 40.5% from three-point range. Kevin Durant shoots 40.4% from three-point range. And right now, LeBron James is 40.1% from three-point range. The only stat he's not even close is free throw percentage. So right now, LeBron James has a better statistical record than James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Like by far, by far better. He's got comparable uh, three-point percent shooting. And the only stat he's not even really close is field uh, free throw percentage. He shoots 76.9% from free throw range, where Kyrie Irving shoots 88% of his, makes 88% of his free throws. Kevin Durant makes 88% of his free throws. And James Harden makes 86% of his free throws. Like, we're arguing about free throws. You realize that, right? LeBron James has the second most points, a better field goal percentage, a better, re- more rebounds, more assists, averages more rebounds, averages more assists per game, plays the most minutes. LeBron James is doing an absolutely incredible job, especially when you compare him to everybody else on that list. Not to mention, not to mention, the other guys on the list all have help. Sorry, not Kyrie Irving, but Kyrie Irving significantly less stats if you compare them. So let's assume that LeBron James and Kyrie Irving are the only two people being considered for MVP that don't have help because James Harden has Chris Paul. We don't even need to talk about what Kevin Durant has. Kevin Durant has Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, all kinds of help. LeBron James and Kyrie Irving are basically doing it by themselves. But if you compare Kyrie Irving's stats head-to-head with LeBron's stats, LeBron comes out on top in almost every single category. The only category he's not above him in is, again, free throw percentage, and he's losing by 0.4% on three-point shooting percentage. It's ridiculous. LeBron James is absolutely the NBA MVP. We should not hold it back because we're angry of him or because we're tired of him. Like, we don't appreciate America, but how great America is because it's so great every day. We're so... We we lack the perspective. We don't appreciate LeBron James because every single year he comes out and is the best player in the NBA. We need to take a deep breath, like I probably do right now, and we need to appreciate... LeBron James. LeBron James is absolutely incredible. And the fact that people don't want to give him the MVP because they don't like him is absolutely silly. I know it it makes a difference to be likable in this world, but it's not even comparable. LeBron James is far and away the best basketball player in the world and the best basketball player in the NBA and most valuable. If you take him off the Cavaliers, the Cavaliers are nowhere close to as good as they are without LeBron James, the Cavaliers have nothing. So, LeBron James should be absolutely unequivocally the NBA MVP this season. I want to shift our attention to Marvin Lewis, the Bengals head coach. Uh, There have been reports recently that 
Adam Schefter, uh, so Adam Schefter recently reported that Marvin Lewis is probably leaving the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And Marvin Lewis openly and obviously denied this, which you should do. If someone says you're leaving your job, you come out and say, no, I'm not. You're crazy. But here, I really think he's out. I think Marvin Lewis is leaving the Bengals. And here's what I think happened. I think Marvin Lewis gave up on the Bengals organization and he gave up on Andy Dalton. Like this year was their year. If the Bengals were ever going to be fantastic, do something great, have a great season, this was their year and everybody blew it, especially Andy Dalton. Listen to the weapons that Andy Dalton had to work with. Andy Dalton had A.J. Green, John Ross, Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon, Tyler Eifert, weapon after weapon after weapon, and yet he still could not make it happen this year in the North. They're not making the playoffs, and Andy Dalton has been absolutely awful. I'm pretty sure Marvin Lewis just said, look, I can't win here. I cannot win. I'm in a bad situation. You know, I I left college once because I realized there was no future. I didn't know what degree I wanted and I was just wasting my time. If you're if you're in a relationship with someone and they say I'm not going to marry you, well you break up cuz there's there's no future there. There's no end goal. What are we working for if we're not working towards that? Marvin Lewis has come to realize I'm wasting my time. I'm never going to win a Super Bowl in Cincinnati. Not with Andy Dalton. Not with the Bengals organization. It's toxic and I need to just leave and find a better situation. Let's think about this. Marvin Lewis is a great coach who never had a great quarterback. Andy Dalton's been awful. Carson Palmer's been disappointing. Not good enough. Marvin Lewis never had a real quarterback. Imagine what Marvin Lewis could do if he had a real quarterback. Marvin Lewis, I know I may sound crazy, but my opinion is Marvin Lewis is one of the great coaches in the NFL. You just need to give him something he can work with. He won games and had good seasons with freaking Andy Dalton, who's atrocious, who's awful, who's not a leader. You look at Andy Dalton, you talk to him. He's a nice guy, but he's not a type A leader that I want leading my football franchise. Marvin Lewis needs to go to Indianapolis. That and Marvin Lewis will get another job in the NFL. But Marvin Lewis, I'm hoping and rooting for him to go to Indianapolis to be the head coach of the Colts. Because if you pair Marvin Lewis with Andrew Luck, oh, that could be special. That could be absolutely fantastic and a special match made in heaven. Marvin Lewis, leave the Bengals. Go to the Colts. That would be great. You're a good coach and you're wasting your time in Cincinnati. You cannot win with Andy Dalton. You're basically dating the girl who doesn't want to marry you. You're wasting your time and there's no future in Cincinnati. So on Monday, I left Pullman. Monday morning, I left, uh, well, Monday, very, very early Monday morning, like at two in the morning, I left Pullman, uh, Washington to go to my home city in Vancouver, Washington. And as I was leaving Pullman, I stopped. uh, It was about, so I, I was I left it to about 11 o'clock. I went to my friend Emma's house and helped her with her car. That's what you do when you leave. You tidy up all your loose ends. So I went to Emma's house, helped her get her car up her hill, fixed up her car. And that is exactly what Bill Belichick did with Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, like I said, as you are leaving, you always make sure everything's in order. You, you clean your bathroom. You make sure the car is fixed. You make sure you leave your laundry in a good position. You tidy up all your loose ends. 
when Jimmy Garoppolo was sent to the San Francisco 49ers, that was Bill Belichick tidying, tidying up loose ends before he leaves. I heavily criticize the Patriots. I still don't understand why you would trade a franchise quarterback for a second round draft pick because we've now seen Jimmy Garoppolo is fantastic. Jimmy Garoppolo absolutely is a franchise quarterback. But but Bill doesn't care. Bill doesn't care about my criticisms. Bill doesn't care about your criticisms. Bill Belichick knew exactly what he was doing. Bill Belichick isn't going to coach for 15 more years. Bill Belichick doesn't want to be Jimmy Garoppolo's coach. Bill Belichick is on his way out. I believe when Tom is done, so is Bill Belichick. Here's what happened. Bill Belichick liked Jimmy Garoppolo. He was a loyal, a loyal employee who worked hard. He did his job. And Bill rewarded him. Bill sent him to the 49ers. Bill did the right thing by Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, on your way out, on your way out of town, you stop. You help people. How can I tidy up all my loose ends? That is exactly what Jimmy, Bill Belichick did for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm a Seahawks fan. And yet I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I find myself rooting for Jimmy Garoppolo. The guy's three straight wins. and <laughs> I'm so excited. If the 49ers beat the Rams, so the 49ers have two huge games coming up. They play the Jaguars this week and the Rams next week on December 31st. If he can pull those wins off, if he can win two, even one of those two games, I would be so excited. I, I really, I'm polarized by Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a great story. I hope he does well. It's going to be hard, you know. You have the shadow of Tom Brady always looming over your back if you're Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it'd be so cool if he could get the monkey off his back and do a great job in San Francisco because, man, I like him as a person. He's a good quarterback, and I'm really rooting for Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Man, the Seahawks... Oh, the Seahawks got annihilated on Sunday. The Seahawks lost 42-7 to to the LA Rams. And Russell Wilson did not play well. Russell Wilson really struggled. Russell Wilson was 14 for 30. He had 142 yards passing, only 142 yards passing, and one touchdown. It's not necessarily bad. He had no interceptions, but it's highly mediocre. It's just a mediocre average performance that is not anything near an MVP caliber performance. So when Ohio State lost to Iowa earlier this year in college football, they lost really badly to Iowa. We said, oh, you can't lose that badly and still make the college football playoff. Russell Wilson can't lose like he did on Sunday, 42-7 to to the Rams. You can't lose that way and still be the NFL MVP. I want to make excuses for Russell Wilson all I can. I tried to make excuses for Russell Wilson two weeks ago when he lost to the Jaguars and threw three interceptions. Because Russell Wilson's all by himself. Russell Wilson has no help on their roster. But the Jaguar loss was one strike. He made it close, but he had no help, so he couldn't win the game. This this is not even close to making it a, a good game. Russell Wilson missed open throws. He did badly. He was not executing. He didn't even look comfortable. He wasn't even it wasn't even competitive. The game on Sunday wasn't even competitive. And therefore, I cannot in good conscience still say Russell Wilson should be the NFL MVP. You can't go out and have a game like that. Where I, I know I can say Russell Wilson doesn't have any help, but you gotta make that game on Sunday against the Rams at least competitive. Because yeah, Russell Wilson has no help. That's a problem with the Seahawks. The Seahawks are injured and hurt. So 
Russell Wilson, even with all, without any help, I wanted to see him at least make that game interesting and competitive. He did not. I have no idea who the NFL MVP is. I really don't. I don't know who we're going to decide at the end of the season is. But it is definitely not Russell Wilson. I still would love to see Russell Wilson's uh, speech. If Russell Wilson won the MVP, he'd give a great speech that I would love to hear. But Russell Wilson definitely is not. Based on his performance the last two weeks, I can't in good conscience say that Russell Wilson is still the NFL MVP. Before we go to break, I'm going to very quickly touch on the Chargers and the Chiefs. I was sad. You know, on, I went out with my, my friend on Saturday night. I didn't realize, I missed out somehow that the Chargers and Chiefs game was on Saturday, not Sunday. So I was trying to eat my macaroni at South Fork, a great restaurant in Pullman. And I'm watching the, up on the screen, I'm watching the Chargers and the Chiefs. It was a great game. It was a really good game. I, I predicted the Chargers were going to win. I was wrong. The Los Angeles Chargers did not win. Uh, which really, here's the story of the game. The story of the game was the Kansas City Chiefs. This game didn't have, had less to do with how the Chargers didn't execute and didn't pull it off in the end, and how much the Chiefs just looked like the team we saw early in September. The Chargers are now 7-7. Seven and seven. The Chiefs are now 8-6. and six. For the first time since September, the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, and Alex Smith look dominant again. I was like, oh, wow, they're back. They look really good. They look like a good team that could make a playoff run. The Chiefs look dominant, and they have a great roster. The Chiefs have the second-best roster in all— I think probably actually the most talented roster in all of the NFL. And I've been waiting for the Chiefs to finally turn it on. They did. So the story from Saturday night is that the Chargers didn't choke. The Chiefs, just for the first time since their 5-0 start, looked like a fantastic team that could be dominant in the playoffs. If they can continue their streak, man, if they— if the the Chiefs can continue to be dominant. They're scary. They really are. They can. And we saw them take it to the Patriots. Now the Patriots are much better on defense now than when they played the Chiefs earlier in the year. But the Chiefs could make the playoffs interesting because the NFL is all about who gets hot late, who gets who catches fire right before the playoffs start. I thought it was going to be the Chargers. The Chargers flamed out a little too early. Looks like now the Chiefs have caught fire. If the Chiefs can continue to win down the stretch, the Chiefs could make noise in the AFC playoff picture. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, I have a great story between Tom Brady. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are having relationship issues, and it's really fun. It's really I'm excited to talk about that. We'll talk about Kobe Bryant, and I'm going to do NFL buy or sell. All that is next when I return. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Find the show on YouTube. I put my full entire podcast on YouTube. I also put my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Share this with your friends. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. We are growing at rates I can't actually fathom. It's kind of crazy. We're, we're I mean, wait till we actually grow. Like we, we're getting, we've just, we've really blown up uh, with our listeners on iTunes and SoundCloud. Continue to tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, sorry, on Facebook, on Twitter, face-to-face, everywhere. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'll be right back. All right, what's up? We are back. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I want to ask, by the way, before we start, if anyone knows of something that works better than CarMax or Lip Balm. My lips have been chapped for weeks. It's driving me nuts. So if you're listening and know of a solution, please, please reach out to me. I would love to hear your answer on Twitter, on social media, whatever. Help a brother out. I need... My lips have been chapped for so long and I cannot seem to find a solution. 
I saw a Tom Brady commercial on during the Patriots Steelers game. The TB12 logo came on, and I was like, "Huh." I just remember thinking, "Hmm, that's weird." A Tom Brady commercial during his own game. Also this week, Tom Brady's trainer Alex Guerrero was banned from the team plane and lost all of his sideline privileges. My question was, why? Why is this happening? Why would Bill Belichick decide that Tom Brady's trainer can't really be involved in their football program anymore? I believe there are two reasons. There are two reasons why Bill Belichick did this. First is, Bill Belichick hates distractions. The minute you become a distraction, you're cut off. You're out of the program. So when uh, I'm trying to think of an example right now, I know in the past when Patriots players have caused a disturbance, the Patriots cut you. They don't care how good you are. You're cut. Tyquan Underwood got cut the day before the Super Bowl because he probably screwed up and did something annoying. And Bill Belichick said, you're a distraction. You're out. I'm done with you. But the second reason is a, a little, I want to tell a personal story to explain my second reason why I believe Bill Belichick said Alex Guerrero, uh, Tom Brady's trainer, couldn't be involved in the Patriots program. The second reason is this. It's a personal story. It's a story I'm kind of embarrassed of, but I think it's very relevant to this, and I want to explain it now. So a little while ago, my some of my best friends sat me down and said, Zach, we love you. We love you so very much. But every conversation we have with you is about you. We love your dreams. We love your goals. But all you're talking about recently is your dreams and your goals. And we're, we're tired of it. We want to hear more about your life. We don't want to hear about your podcast and hear about how hard you're working. We, they're like, we're proud of you. We like hearing those things, but we don't want every single conversation we have with you to be about that. They were nice. It was a healthy conversation. It was healthy. It was good. I was okay with that. I said, look, I'm talking about myself. I told them this. I said, look, I'm just talking about myself too much. I'm really sorry. I'll cut down on it. I'll ask you guys questions. I'm just so excited. And they said, we know, we're, we know you're excited. You're building stuff, but it was a problem for me where I need to not talk about myself so much. Bill Belichick doesn't want me, guys. Bill Belichick, and let me continue the thought. Bill Belichick doesn't want people who are self-obsessed. He doesn't want people on their program who are only worried about their selfish reasons. Bill Belichick wants we guys. Not me guys, but we guys. He wants team players who put the Patriots ahead of everything else. TB12, this whole Tom Brady brand thing, I think is starting to annoy Bill Belichick. He doesn't want a guy who's only promoting himself. He wants a team guy. This was Bill Belichick kind of putting Tom Brady in check, saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to nip this TB12 thing in the bud before it becomes a problem. Bill Belichick doesn't want to deal with it. Bill Belichick wants guys who are Patriots people first. Also, let's be honest, though. Alex Guerrero is a salesman. The guy, Alex Guerrero, Tom Brady's trainer, has been sued two different times for fraud. He, he's been in trouble for this and that. And this is honestly the reason why I don't like this. was funny. It'll be a good comparison. This is why I don't like motivational speakers. We have all these people in the world who tell you how to live your life. And all these people that say, do this and do that. If you follow my wisdom, your life will be better. But they haven't actually done anything. That's why I don't like motivational speakers. My friend Jake Sirianni. Jake was on my podcast the other day. He's a great, great guy. He was on my other podcast, What's Up Sham. Jake introduced me to Gary Vaynerchuk. And Gary Vaynerchuk is a multi-millionaire. Gary Vaynerchuk has done a fantastic job in the world. He's he, when he talks, I listen. Cuz Gary Vaynerchuk has actually accomplished things in this world. 
I do not want to hear advice from someone who's never built a business. I don't want to hear advice from someone who's never actually done anything. And Alex Guerrero is probably more one of those guys where he's never, he's not actually a doctor, didn't go to real legitimate college. He's a salesman. And that's why maybe Bill Belichick, the third reason is this. Maybe Bill Belichick just got tired of having the snake oil salesman around the Patriots franchise. All right. I want to shift our focus to NFL buy or sell. NFL buy or sell is my favorite. It's, it's one of my proud brainchilds on this show. One of my things that I have developed this year and turned into something I'm really proud of. So NFL buy or sell has been going through kind of an identity uh, crisis. It's always been me picking the teams every week that I like, the teams I'm selling. So if I like a team, I buy a team. If I don't like a team, I sell the team. Well, because the season's winding down and I'm talking about far less football teams, it's become a, uh, a segment about matchups. So this week on NFL Buy or Sell, we have six interesting matchups and four blowouts. First, I want to talk about the six interesting matchups. I am selling the Seahawks. The Seahawks play the Cowboys this week, and I am picking the Cowboys to win. I'm buying the Cowboys. I'm selling the Seahawks. The Seahawks are hurt. The Seahawks are on the road. And the biggest problem for the Seahawks is Ezekiel Elliott is returning to the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott is going to be back. He's going to be scary, kind of like when Tom Brady got suspended for four games. Ezekiel Elliott is healthy and angry and ready to come out and throw punches against the Seahawks. The Cowboys may not only win the game against the Seahawks, the Cowboys might absolutely trounce the Seahawks. I am selling the 49ers. The 49ers are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm picking the Jaguars to win. First, This is the first time in my entire life I've ever bet against Jimmy Garoppolo. In fact, I really hope Jimmy Garoppolo wins, but the Jaguars have the best defense in the NFL. And this is not a Jimmy Garoppolo issue. My problem with this game this week is that the 49ers don't have a very good personnel. Jimmy Garoppolo could have a great game and still get no help and end up losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. If the 49ers win, however, this would be a huge, a huge win for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm buying the Saints. I'm buying the Saints. I'm selling the Falcons. I'm buying the Saints because the Saints are healthy. They're playing a home game. Uh, Kamara's back. The, the Saints really good running back. But this is a really good matchup. The Saints and the Falcons this weekend in New Orleans is a basically a coin toss. You could really pick either one of these teams to win. I'm just going with the Saints because they have a better record and they're playing at home. Another good matchup is the Rams. I am buying the Rams to beat the Titans. The Rams and the Titans... This game is all about Marcus Mariota. The Rams have a really good defense, and Marcus Mariota is not a quarterback I trust. Therefore, even though both teams could be and probably are playoff teams, I am picking the Rams to beat the Tennessee Titans. I am buying the Chiefs. Uh, This is an interesting game because I want to know what Chiefs team is going to show up. The Chiefs are playing the Dolphins in Kansas City. Will we get the September Kansas City Chiefs that went 5-0 and dominated everybody? Or will we get the Kansas City Chiefs from November that couldn't win a single game, who lost to the New York Giants? That makes this game interesting. I'm picking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs will show up and have a good game. I always pick one weird game when I do NFL buy or sell. This week, I'm buying the Lions to beat the Bengals. This is a good matchup on paper, but it's also just an interesting game because there are rumors that the Bengals head coach is probably going to leave Cincinnati. I'm fascinated by which team will show up, who will play better, Matthew Stafford or the Bengals head coach. I'm very curious. I'm picking the Lions to win. There are also four blowouts I'm picking this week. The Vikings are going to smash the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. The Patriots will wreck the Bills. The Eagles should make quick work of the Raiders. However, 
with Nick Foles uh, against a terrible Raiders pass defense. I'm picking the Eagles. And the Steelers should absolutely annihilate the Texans. This has been NFL buy or sell. Whew, you have to take a break. It's really... That segment is... Because you put it to music and you want to just get through it. It's a lot of talking. It's really quick. We saw this week a huge Kobe Bryant celebration. We saw the Lakers retiring both of his jerseys, number 8 and number 24. And I just, I really couldn't care less. I'm not a Kobe Bryant fan. My dad, who's a big Lakers fan, loves Kobe Bryant. For me, I, I, look, I've seen videos of Kobe Bryant at practice. I really think I would have hated Kobe Bryant. I respect his ability, but I really hate how Kobe Bryant treated the people around him. And I, and I get it. Respect is earned, but I mean, I don't know. There's a reason I work alone. I don't, it's hard to get everybody on the same page. And I, I think I really would have hated Kobe Bryant. But you know what a story I hated the most about Kobe? Everyone was asking, what do you love more? The number Bryant, Kobe Bryant number eight or Kobe Bryant as number 24? And I'm like, who cares? It's all Kobe Bryant. What do you mean pick eight or 24? It made no sense. I didn't like it, but I had to realize and kind of step back and say, okay, well, this is all for people who love Kobe Bryant. This isn't for me. So I don't know. I, I found the whole Kobe Bryant celebration this weekend pretty annoying. Uh, but what I hated more than anything, and what I hate the most in the media right now, the story that's really driving me nuts is the question, who is the next Kobe? Who is the next Kobe Bryant? Why are we in such a hurry to find the next? I always hear this. Who is the next Tom Brady? Who is the next Michael Jordan? The next LeBron James? There will never be another Kobe Bryant. There will never be another LeBron James. There will never be another Tom Brady. Now, let me ask, do you mean the face of the league? Do you mean who is the next face of the league? Because that's a different question. Who is the next Michael Jordan is a different question than who is the next face of the NBA. We're never going to see another Michael Jordan. I'm so sick and tired of that question. If you're going to ask the question, get it right. Because maybe, maybe the Greek freak is the next face of the league. But the Greek freak is not the next LeBron James. Quit trying to make that comparison. It drives me absolutely nuts. It's one of my pet peeves in the media. I don't sit around thinking, I want to be the next Colin Cowherd. No. I want to be the next Zach Schaumler. I want to be whatever Zach Schaumler is. I want to be the best me that I can be. Like, hopefully I never work for large networks. Hopefully I can do my own thing. But I'm just getting really sick and tired of the media continually putting out articles. Who's the next Tom Brady? Who's the next Michael Jordan? Who's the next LeBron James? Can we just kill that story? It's done. It's boring. I'm over it. I'm done with it. There will never be another Kobe Bryant. Love him or hate him, you're never going to see it ever again. We can have similar people. We can have another face of the Lakers, another face of the NBA maybe. But stop asking who's going to be the next Kobe Bryant. That question just irks me. It makes me, it, it literally, you hear me, I'm irritated. I'm irritated to talk about it. I don't like it. It drives me nuts. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports for Wednesday, December 20th. Thank you so very much for tuning in. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. We are growing at incredible rates, and I'm so grateful. You guys have, you support me, and you're so nice to me on YouTube. I actually can't believe it. I expect a lot of people on YouTube are awful and mean. The comments on my YouTube channel are pretty nice, and it's really surprising to me. I know hate's coming. I've gotten death threats before, but... I have loyal fans that are nice to me, so thank you so very much. 
Continue to tell your friends about strong opinion sports. That is how this show will grow. And that is how we will turn this into a company called Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in and have a great day, everybody.